How not to be offended when others are. This week on the Weekly Kingdom Outlook. Let's go. Hey, greetings, folks. Apostle Lewis here with you, and I am very glad to be with you. And we're going to talk about something I ministered on today, and uh, I am recording this for the podcast. I am, um, if I can get my Bible out of here, um, recording this uh, the same day I ministered to it. I want to just tell you that in part of the word I got about the tsunami, um, I think it's really important to understand that um, one of the things I saw was that I don't want to say God was angry, but God is so merciful in us that I feel he actually pulled away from what was going on five, six years ago, which was just absolute glory. But at the same time, um, the church got a little puffed up, did. Okay. I, I, one of the things the Lord spoke to me is that men think that they can declare revival and, and make it so kind of thing. And, um, that kind of shook me because um, even in my heart of hearts, I could tell you that there was a part of me that wanted to believe that you could just go and bring revival. And I know it's not true in my heart of hearts as well. I would love to be able to think we have so much authority that we can necessarily um, cause, you know, make God pour out a spirit kind of almost as the arrogance of it and, and not relying upon the Holy Spirit and our yieldedness and our, our dependency and thirst and hunger for him. Um, and so, you know, you see this all the time, people declaring revival in this place. Like we're going, we're going to be, you know, in Alaska for three nights for revival. And, you know, um, and then you know, here's what I, I think that having great meetings is great. And there are, there are people, look, I, I hope our meetings are great. When I travel and, and God's spirit is moving and pouring out, it's glorious. But I, it's different than revival. It's different than a like Holy Spirit awakening revival where you can't move. You can't leave the place. God extends it. God tells you to stay. Stuff like that. And even though extended meetings is not the goal, there is something different. And, you know, I've even heard very well-renowned ministers throughout the, you know, uh, I, I've heard ministers, that if I mentioned their name, you'd go, yes. And, and that is this, that. There was a time where people didn't want to leave the church. God's glory was all the place. Now, what happened? Well, in abundance, we do sometimes get distracted. In our abundance, we sometimes do, um, we don't steward it. Well, whatever reason, it could be 800 reasons. But I want to talk to you today about one of the things that really you have to be careful about in revival. And I spoke about this today. In the book of Acts, we see that the apostles in Acts 5, nearly in the book, of Acts 5. They are, Gamil tells them, hey, don't touch these men. And it says, they agreed with them. And then they beat the apostles and they released them. And it said, that, you know, which were the priests, right? The Levites, the Sanhedrin, whatever, um, beat the apostles. And then they released them. And it said, and the apostles left rejoicing that they were able to suffer for the namesake. Now, why was this key? And this is key because, and I'll read it. Um, why is this key is because I want to, I want to explain to you something, the same thing the Pharisees were experiencing here 
was what Jesus is doing is offensive to us. Because we know the law. This is their attitude. We know the law. They really didn't know the law. Nor do they know God. Okay? Uh, they, they know part of it. They know, but they still struggled over, uh, I don't desire, I desire obedience, not sacrifice. I desire mer mercy over sacrifice. They still seem to struggle with these things. And Jesus rebuked the form. They believed in the tithe, but he said, you forgot mercy and justice. So you could see that they thought they were here. Maybe they were not slower. Maybe they were uh, lower than that. Who knows? And and when whenever the spirit moves, it's offensive. It could be very offensive to us. It could be offensive to a lot of people. And the key for us, listen to me, church, the key for us is not to be offended when they're offended. That's the key. Because if you don't get offended by those who are offended, then you can sit there and see those offended people be turned by God. So let's read a little bit in here. Um, so I, I'm just going to let you know that the Holy Spirit's intention, Jesus's intention, is not to offend. People think that God's, God's intention is to offend. God's intention is not to offend. But God only has one mode, Him. He only has one mode, Him. Holiness, just, he only has one mode, him. That's the mode by which God operates in, him. He doesn't operate in my mode. He doesn't make sacrifices for my mode. God is God, and we are the ones who have to align to him. He does not align himself to us. And we have to remember that, because if I'm offended because something supernatural is happening, okay, then I have to realize maybe... It's me that has the issue, not the Lord. And so I saw this in the 90s with Revival, uh, 700 people. We had a church of about 3,000. That's with kids, maybe more than that. Kids read their own service and stuff like that on Sunday morning. You had all the kids in preschool on Sunday morning, you know, the, you know all the Sunday schools. You know, all the, I should say, you know, you had, day, you had um, uh, nurseries and stuff like that. Then you had children's church going on. And, and so... In the sanctuary, we could fit around 2,700 people. And I would say we were close to full. And we were praying. We were believing God for a revival. Oh, God, revival. And what was so amazing is that when revival came, 700 people left when revival actually showed up. Why? They were unfamiliar with it, which is okay. They, they, couldn't, they could not understand what God was doing. That's okay if you don't understand. But they got offended, and, and that in that offense, they left. Now, it wasn't that we, in the church, we recognized it, even though I, I knew people that had left. I wasn't going nowhere. It wasn't that that, that, was a, that that didn't affect the church because that just made room for a bunch of poor people. I, I, I want to say this again. It's not that God wanted to clear anyone out. It wasn't his goal. We sometimes think that God's goal is to be offensive. It's not. He's, he's just being God. And, and God, God sometimes cuts against our flesh. Sometimes God does things that cuts against our understanding. Matter of fact, he often does. And when that happens, when if we cannot be offended by those who get offended, and this is key, because if you get offended, um, let me tell you, I see a lot of people writing stuff on, you know, Facebook, and I might do a Facebook Live on this, but we have to get ourselves ready for the for what God what's coming. 
And if you cannot get offended by the vessel, the okay, the method, not that everything is perfect. And I don't want to say that because I don't want to give the picture that everything's perfect. But, you know, I am not a shouting preacher. Like, I'm not one of those Pentecostal. Ha! That's, not, that's not me. But you know what? If God's moving and that's going on, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on God moving. I'm going to kind of go past that and go, yeah, it's not my style. I've ministered with a lot of, I've had people in my church that don't minister like me. That's fine. We're often offended. Now, what I want you to know is that doesn't mean all that's God. God uses imperfect vessels. He uses people with their personality and he flows through them. And it's not supposed to look all the same. It's not supposed to be all one kind of uh, personality. It's one spirit, but not one personality in us that flows through everything. And so this is why Paul, Corinthian church has got division going on. Okay. Because they're lining up in divisions. All right. But you're going to have a chance to get offended. If you're after God, you're going to have a chance to get offended. If you're not after God, you're going to have a chance to get offended. We're all going to have the opportunity to get offended either with God or with people. Don't let it happen to you. Okay. Do not let it happen to you. You do not let it happen to you. You stay solid in the Lord. Okay. And so, you know, I've had people leave and, and I gotta be honest with you. I learned this by having so many opportunities to get offended. I learned this by that. This is how I learned this is, you know, I had people who, me and my wife sacrificed everything for the ministry. Everything. Like, we threw it all in. I I, I threw in my retirement, my, my 401k. We threw it all in so we could do the ministry. Okay? I quit a $150,000 job. I did all that. And then when God started blessing us, people were offended. Because they didn't think we should be blessed. I didn't, it was like they were jealous. But... They would praise us when we made sacrifice. They would praise us. They could see the sacrifices we made. They knew us. They were friends. They knew the sacrifices we made. But when God started blessing us, it was like they, that was offensive to them. And I'm going, I didn't understand it. I was like, wow, that's crazy stuff. But I didn't get offended with them. And I don't, I don't necessarily trust everybody, but don't get offended when people get offended. They will get offended. I'm just going to let you know. The Lord told me that this wave of this tidal wave, this, this tsunami coming, okay, the tsunami coming of revival is going to, initially, it's going to, it's going to crush some people. If they're going to get offended, they're not going to like the vessels. They're not going to like the methods. They're not going to like the manifestations, whatever it's going to be. Do not get offended. Do not speak against them. They are still God's people. Do not speak against them. Stay steadfast and focus on what God is doing, not focus on them, okay? And if you can do that, then that's one of the keys of stewarding revival. And listen to what happens. All right. So this is uh, Acts chapter uh, 5. Um, and this is, Camille tells them, hey, this could be God. Don't touch it, okay? Uh, don't, don't do anything to these men. And, um, and he, he says, hey, Say, keep away from these men and let them alone, for it is the plan of this work. It is of men, it will come to nothing. 
This is by way, verse 38. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you be even be found fight to fight against God. <laughs> they agreed with them. Said, <laughs> let them alone. We agree with you. And when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, that just makes no sense to me, but okay. That's religious. We agree with you, but we got to beat them. Because we feel this religious obligation to inflict on those that we disagree with. All right. Now, this is a bigger deal here because we are dealing with the law. We're dealing with a new covenant. They don't have insight into it. It's something that they, they I could see the struggle. I could, you know, you might go, well, that was silly. No, it's not. You were to guard the law. Okay. But they should have recognized the Messiah. All right. So he said, they commanded them not to, that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Now listen to the apostles. Listen. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. I just love that right there. I just love that. In other words, you know, when we, we get offended. We call our friends and say, you know what? Do you know what Cheryl did? You know, and we got to get our we got to get our group together. Don't do it. Do not do it. Why? If you don't do it, God will bring them back. He might not bring them back to you, but bring them back to him. And I just want you to see, I'm not going to go through this all here because you can listen to Sunday's message. Uh, but verse 7 of chapter 6 says, Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. The priests are the ones who beat them. And then all of a sudden, because they responded correctly, because they responded, how did they respond? Did they like it? No, but they rejoiced in it. It's amazing to me that God says to Ananias to go pray for Paul. He says to him, um, go lay hands on Paul. For I have, he says, I have shown him the many things he must suffer for my name's sake. See, most of us have a, our calling is wrapped up and we're going to be great. We're going to be wonderful. Everyone's going to celebrate us. This is the problem with today's modern um, hyperactive Christian who doesn't understand the price of the call. They think the call is everyone's going to like it. Everyone's going to agree with you. Everyone's going to be wonderful. And when they hit a little opposition, they get bitter and they fall by the wayside and you don't see them anymore. And you, you're going to have opportunity to get bitter. I'm going to tell you a story. My father and the Lord Randy was accused falsely of having an affair. This is 1999 to 2000, somewhere there. And I walked by Randy and said, now, I didn't defend Randy. I was just a spiritual son. I was an ordained minister. I had no clout or anything like that. But I knew the Lord had called me to Randy. I knew Randy didn't do it. Okay. Uh, he told me the whole story. He said, no. By the way, this lady ends up turning out to be uh, a fraud. And she gets deported because she is literally doing this to several ministers. And it's how she gets sympathy. And But in the meantime, Randy goes through almost like a secret tribunal from her church. And they accuse him. They investigate. Okay. And it really hurts Randy. I mean, it really, it hurt him. And I, I remember that. It really hurt him. And he called me up on a Sunday 
because I was, you know, I was, I, I still was going to a church, and he said, "What are you doing?" And by the way, it happened to be this church that had did this. And he goes, "Well, I'm, I, I'm going to church tonight." And he goes, "How, how do you go to church after you know what they did to me?" And I said, "Randy, I said I love Jesus with all my heart, and I have to go pay my tithes to Him, lest for a moment." I allow the offense of others to keep me from doing what is right. And I said, I've got to go do it. I said, if I don't do it, if I withhold my finances and, and me, if I just withhold myself because I got offended, I said, I totally don't agree. I totally am with you, but I can't, I, I can't let their error get in my heart. And Randy said, wow. And I said, and he Thought that was kind of, you know, godly. And it was. And and how did I learn that? Well, I studied David. And I, I loved how David, when he was falsely accused, uh, when Absalom chases him out, there's a servant of souls, of King Saul, who begins to come out and throw stones at David and said that David stole the kingdom from Saul and accused him. And his men want to slay the man. And David says no. He, let me paraphrase. He says, lest the Lord see in my suffering and have mercy on me. Like, it's like the Lord, if I'm suffering for him, then fine. I love David also says they want to bring the Ark of the Covenant. David goes, no, no. The Ark of the Covenant belongs in the house of God, not with me, but with where he dwells. Put the Ark back. You know, it's like if you study the life of David, who, uh, yep, David had a big mistake. Don't make that mistake. But if you see how David often just, he, he faced a lot of persecution from the people he served and loved the most, from his family, from his brothers, from King Saul, from his own wife, who he loved. And she got offended with his worship. If you allow yourself to be offended, and I'm not saying, listen to me, I am not saying there's not an occasion to be offended. I'm just saying don't do it. Wrestle with your soul all night. Kathy knows that I've stayed up all night because someone really hurt me. And one of my leaders once hurt me really bad. And, I mean, one of the things they said to me is like, you dishonored me. And what was so bad about that statement is I have other people saying, I cannot believe how much honor you have given this person. And when they said that to me, it was like they just threw away all this honor I'd been given. By the way, my dishonor to them was the fact I let I honored someone else in a moment. And they couldn't handle it. And now they're offended. And, um, you know, you're going to have an opportunity to be offended. Okay, I'm just going to let you know that. I, I had to learn this. I couldn't believe how uh, much opportunity was available to be offended. <laughs> There's a lot of opportunity. And you have to wrestle with your soul. Listen to me. You have to wrestle with your soul. I'm going to tell you another story. I have a very good dear friend. And um, Jack Taylor. I went down to see Jack one day. And Jack goes... Uh, Lou, I was up all night. I said, what happened? He says, well, I woke up. He says, I got a book. Listen to this. I got a book 
you know, from a friend who's writing a book and he wants me to write uh, an endorsement uh, or a forward on there. And they, he said, this is someone I've been with for years. I've known for years. Love him. Of course I would do it. But two o'clock in the morning, the Lord woke me up and said, you better read that book. And he reads the whole book. And there's a chapter that is completely attacking another friend of his. And by the way, its attack is totally baseless and without merit. And he then prays and he says, I don't, I don't know what to do with this, but he calls and he calls the person that the book is attacking because the person he's attacking, there is a bunch of endorsements for the book by his friends, but they never read the book. That's the problem with endorsements. You, you know, you know, you read endorsements. Let me just tell you something. I love endorsements, but I don't read them. Here's why. Um, because I know, I know the game. When I was with Randy and Kathy Letcher, I knew the game. She had to do so many endorsements a year. I said, you ever read it? You got to do like, you're doing like 20 endorsements. You read all these books. She goes, no, I have no time for it. And I said, man, that's scary that we're willing to put an endorsement on something. You know? Well, the person that this was written about handled this masterfully by the Spirit and um, confronted the guy and dealt with it. But I was so amazed how he didn't get offended. Now, I'll give you another example. Um, I was at Bethel Leaders Advance one time, um, and this gentleman gets up, first time at the meeting, his first time, not mine. I've been there seven, eight times already. And he stands up, and he's from Hispanic um, ethnicity, and he goes, why don't you have more Latinos and, and African-Americans here at this meeting? Why is it so white? And basically saying, like, trying to call them out that he's got to have some kind of, I don't know, you know, what is he saying? Boy, you guys seem racist. And I watched Bill handle this in such a way that I remember it so well today that it's one of those things I always lean on. And that was this. Number one, what did Bill do? In the most offensive, by the way, everyone in the place was offended that this guy was attacking Bill, just so you know. Number one, you're a guest at someone's house. You could have asked this privately. This is not the place to ask it. Um, and by the way, there were. Number one, you know, I would say that, you know, this is the thing is like, uh, number one, Bill answers this way. I'll just tell you what Bill said. He said, number one, we're in Northern California, so it's more white than Southern California. I said, but to be honest with you, we just send out an email. Whoever signs up, signs up. We have no criteria on race. So we don't do that. We just literally sign up, you know, sign up people. You know, they, they sign up. We don't check their race. We don't ask them necessarily their race. So I think you'd have to ask them because we invite everybody. And so we don't care what ethnicity they are. That's right. And um, it's very uncomfortable. Now, Chris is standing behind. Him. He wants to defend Bill. But Bill didn't defend himself. Bill just said, you know, we don't do it, you know. But now, remember, what's so funny is this guy sitting next to a black guy who's, you know, so 
what was so funny is this the next guy they asked call on for a question is their one of their friends from hong kong he's chinese and he gets up and he goes um chris how come you don't have more chinese people here and everyone laughed like it really you know everyone knew he was making fun just showing how crazy it is like we can get so it was very offensive now why was this guy offended well because he felt uh he didn't care there were other christians in the room he wanted more latinos he wanted more you know you might want more i want there's not enough italians in the room um you can get offended that way what i love about bill is how he thought i could see it's almost like i could see bill hmm how do i bring how do i impart grace to him and he's thinking about how to impart grace but not how to provide a zinger you know bill could have said hey if you don't like it you can leave out you know he could have done a lot of things right didn't do it and i remember sitting there watching that and going i don't know if i would have responded that way i might have got really offended really quick you know and maybe blown up the whole room who knows and but that's probably why i don't have 860 leaders sitting in a room the point being this is that um you and i have to understand that there's going to be opportunities to be offended and you have to choose not to be okay you don't have to choose to be offended flesh loves flesh but you do have to choose not to be offended to think to realize they're like it could be their stupid question it could be their prejudice it could be their racism it could be whatever it's on them isn't you it isn't you and so don't get offended why because if bill had gotten offended there i don't know if this guy came back the next time or what but i'll tell you what bill did do by bill not getting offended all the leaders in that room were stunned and marveled at it or were honored by bill being so gracious so it's really really important that we don't get offended when other people want to give us opportunity to be offended amen amen i'll talk more about this uh as we go but choose not to be choose to not be offended you're going to have opportunity when the spirit moves they're going to be offended by manifestations, by, by preaching, by um, some are going to get offended because they didn't get, they, why wasn't I called up to speak? And all that stuff's going to happen. You keep your heart with God. And if you do that, when your family gets offended, don't get offended. You'll win them to Christ. When, you're, when your co-workers get offended, don't get offended. They'll come to Christ. Don't get offended and you are actually allowing Christ to form in you his spirit, his identity, his purposes, and therefore they will be attracted to him. Let's pray for a second. Father, I thank you right now. I, I pray that you're you're that you would help us prepare for the coming move of God. Even though even this morning I felt a a, a taste of it coming. Help us to prepare for the coming move of God that we might be consumed with you in all that we do. And 
all that we do so that we can see your spirit move and bring a dying world to you. Lord, don't let us get offended by, by man. Don't let us get offended by what you do. But draw us close. Draw us away with you. And in this we will rejoice. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Hey, share this. Like it. Subscribe to it. Do whatever you got to do. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.